You're listening to the Black and Gold Prospect Podcast in collaboration and released on the same listening platforms as our production-leading Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Follow our Boston Bruins and Prospect-related content over at the blackandgoldhockey.com website, and please consider using our Fanatics-related banner to the right before shopping for all your professional sports apparel needs. Now let's start the Bruins prospect talk from the many levels of the Boston hockey developmental system. Jack Sudnik is able to poke it around Fairbar. He's got a shorthanded chance here on goal. Scores! Back Jack, do it again. Jack's got goals in five straight. What a streak. As we continue, here's a pass up. Ciccolini, Beecher, he scores! Tom Beecher! What a play! Michigan, 2-0! Oscar Steen, Aslan in front, scores! Erho Vakkanainen makes it 3 to nothing. Here comes Boucher, in on Vladar, denied by Vladar, and the Bruins win it! Hey Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Prospects podcast, that's right, as you heard, we have a new intro, I worked on that a little bit today, and uh, it's been in the process, uh, and it's just, we just, I just haven't had time to pull, fully pull everything together and get it done, but we're back, this is episode 10, brought to you by betonline.ag, go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 when you sign up for a, a free account, do some betting win some money, send it to me and Tim. Speaking of my friend, Tim, Tim, how's it going, bud? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you as well. 2020 is started with a bang. Yeah, man, um, it certainly has. And we are back after a, a two-week hiatus. Um, the, the holidays kind of um, lined up to be a little bit awkward for us. So, uh, two, Christmas Eve was was one Tuesday and then New Year's Eve was the next. So we just couldn't find um, the time uh, to get together and, and get a recording done and, and update the Boston Bruins faithful of the, the prospects that are going on in the development systems and levels and so on. So uh, we decided to come back and do it today. And I even forgot yesterday was, was Tuesday and our recording day. So um, I'm fortunate that uh, you came on at the 11th hour of my notice and, uh, and uh, made this uh, recording happen. And so thank you, Tim. Oh, it's not a problem. I, uh, I, I, I figured you might ask. So I tried to make sure. <laughs> yeah, I slid into your DM like, hey, buddy, uh, feel like doing a show? <laughs> if not, I was just going to do it solo. But, uh, and, and the solo one would have, been, would have been funny to listen to again. But uh, no, I'm glad I have somebody to bounce my, uh, my opinions off of because I know – uh, from from being a longtime host of this show for only ten episodes, that you also watch a lot of the games that I pay attention to too. So it's really good to get uh, a, a, you know a various amount of opinions uh, that we can talk about. So and uh, and we bring it to the the listeners that hopefully like listening. We've gotten some really good feedback lately about that. So um, why don't we get started? Sure, absolutely. All right, 
let's get started in the Dunkin' Donut Center on July 3rd. It was a Friday night, 2020. Um, this is a uh, the start of a three and three at the dunk. So the the Providence Bruins, if 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 folks don't know the American Hockey League schedule, uh, sometimes it runs um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they will literally play three straight games, and that's their week. So uh, fortunately, it was three at home for the Providence faithful. And I wish I had a better outcome, but we'll talk about that later on. But I had the uh, uh, opportunity to go down as a media member. I have a season pass. We are a credentialed website and um, podcast members. So um, we do have the credentials to go down there and cover the team and get interviews. And speaking of interviews, I got an interview with Jay Leach, the head coach of the Providence Bruins. And also, I had the privilege and honor of um, getting some time with Gary Azera and uh, Steve DeSilva of the Something Brewing and PVD podcast. So I had a chance to talk to them. We'll, we'll t- t- uh, tune that up later on in the American Hockey League talk. So uh, good to talk to those guys. They do a fantastic job. Uh, they're very centric on Providence hockey. So everything that, that goes on there, they do it and they do it weekly. So highly suggest you follow them uh, and uh, subscribe to the, the podcast because it's really good. So let's get back to this action on Friday night. Um, Paul Carey was the only goal scorer in 60 minutes. He scored his 15th at the 651 mark of the first period, and it was on the shorthand. Uh, good for that. And, and good for uh, if there's any positives that come out of these games, uh, a shorthanded goal is good for this franchise that has been really good on special teams somewhat lately. Uh, shorthanded goals, they lead the league in them. So, and, and, and when you look at an individual, Jack Stadnika has, I think, five or six of them himself. So uh, that's really good. But the power play has been uh, pretty bad, which uh, you'll hear from Jay Leach later on. But uh, this was uh, a 4 2 1, I'm sorry, 3 to 1 final with an empty netter. Um, Dan Vladar was in net. He stopped 28 of 30. Uh, thoughts and uh, special teams talk from you, uh, Mr. Tim. Yeah, um, I think Vladar had a good game. I mean, he only gave up two goals in the time he was in. Um, and the empty net goal came with like five seconds left in the game. So, I mean, that's really uh, uh, something you don't really count at that point in time. And the uh, the power play was 0 for 5, which is starting to kind of get – it's starting to be a theme. They're scoring recently. They've scored more shorthanded than on the power play. That's something you don't really necessarily want to see. Again, they took five penalties themselves as well, um, and uh, they have they were able to hold Hartford to over, which was good. Um, that's something you definitely want to see. You want to see your kill be able to kill stuff off, and you like to see them score like uh, Paul Carey did. But I mean, beyond that, it's they did have uh, twenty-eight shots on goal. But I mean, it was they didn't have the consistent pressure there. Um, it, they were they seemed kind of aloof at times. It was just it was kind of a poorly played game overall by the Bruins. Well, let me tell you that the the goaltender for the Wolfpack on Friday night, the team that the Providence Bruins played. Uh, the the goaltender uh, Shesterkin uh, has been unbelievable this season and really pushing the 
the hands of the uh, the National Hockey League, New York Rangers organization to, to figure out what they're either going to do with Lundqvist or Jigorgiev. Uh, G- um, I can't say his name very well, but um, he's a great goaltender. And this Shesterkin kid has been stifling the uh, Providence Bruins all season. Uh, pretty much the, the Hartford Wolfpack have shut the door on this Providence Bruins team. Uh, I think we only have like one overtime win, not even a regulation win against this club. And uh, Providence has been going back and forth with them uh, at the top of the uh, the Atlantic. Not so much lately. We'll definitely get into that. But uh, this kid is unbelievable. And he got called up for his first start last night uh, in a win. So good on him. But And uh, hopefully he stays there because next time we play these guys, I want to see a goaltender in there that's got little experience so the Providence Bruins can uh, get, some, get some goals. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. He's been uh... – isn't Igor Shesterkin? He's been great, and he actually uh, some something interesting for him. He actually finished uh, the his KHL career over in Russia as the league's all-time leader in goals against, with a 1.68 career goals against, and then a 9.35 save percentage, which was second all-time in the KHL history. Jeez. And then, um. In 2018-19, he had a 1.11 goals against. <laughs> oh, that's tiny. So he's, yeah, he came over uh, to the HL after lighting the KHL on fire. And he's still a young guy. I mean, he was, he's still only, what, like 24? Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like the goaltending is pretty bright for, uh, the future is pretty bright for goaltending over with the, uh, Rangers. And uh, Carson Coleman uh, was on assignment um, from injury from the Boston Bruins uh, on this night. I thought he played well. Um, Somebody else returned, and I don't remember who. Um, But, uh, no, Carson Coleman was fast. He was very engaged. Uh, Didn't seem like he showed signs of that uh, shoulder uh, injury, surgery, or whatever. and actually had a chance to uh, say hello to him and ask him about that shoulder at breakfast on Saturday morning. I believe he was there with his uh, his his girlfriend. And I just I just said, "Hey, Carson, uh, you know, hope you're feeling better and you played well, you know." So and he turned around and and spoke more words than I spoke to him. So he was very engaged and and really cool about it. So um, class act, you know what I mean? Absolutely, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool to sit down at the Hilton, uh, having a buffet breakfast with uh, with some players, and uh, I don't remember there was uh, some uh, some other players from the uh, Charlotte Checkers that were there that I didn't recognize. I saw Jakob's Borrell in Starbucks and so on, so it was pretty cool. It was it was really a great weekend. I really enjoyed it. I can't thank the Providence Bruins enough for number one giving us the media credentials. And number two, let, allowing us as a group to go down there and cover the team, but also the opportunity to spend time in the community because downtown Providence has 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 certainly been upgraded from from what I've heard in the past about it being uh, really run down and uh, and, it's, and a difficult, scary place to go at times to uh, a very high class destination and a great place for adult adult um you know shenanigans um <laughs> the trinity blue brew house is a great place to to start and murphy's and uh, it's just a it's a fun fun city i i really enjoy my time down there we can't wait to go back nice that's awesome that's it's good to hear it's good to, and it's nice to see that uh 
kind of the town and the area uh, welcomes the players and kind of oh yeah their own. They are such a great, great uh, asset to the community around there. It's just they're very friendly, um, and I saw it firsthand. So uh, I've not met one player or anybody that didn't say hello back or you know shied away from a conversation. They're very engaged and so on. So if you guys get a chance to go down and see any of these games, I mean it's it's it is worth the money. Um, but fortunately, you weren't there for these three sets. So, <laughs> but um, anyway. Uh, jumping to the next night, January 4th, 2020, Saturday evening. Um, things just progressively get worse game by game. Uh, the Providence Bruins get shut out by the Charlotte Checkers, uh, a team that they've beaten and outscored 8-1 to one in two previous games this season. Uh, I thought this was going to be the I, – I pretty much scheduled the Hartford game to be like a scheduled loss. And, and have these two, the next two games against Charlotte, the, the home and homes on Saturday and Sunday as potential wins because of the, the previous, uh, the call of the cup, the former call of the cup uh, champions came into town and, and put a beating on this, uh, this club. Uh, no goals scored at all. Uh, Max Legassi was in that. He stopped 39 of 42. Uh, there was a couple times that he really put the, the, uh, the Bruins on his back to try to get a spark as much as possible with his outstanding play. But it's just, it was just overwhelming. Uh, the, the, the checkers were so fast. And this was something – this was the speed uh, factor that I, I didn't see previously in, in two uh, away games in Charlotte when, they, when the Providence Bruins uh, won 4 to nothing. It was a Dan Vladar shutout. And then another great game. Uh, that they won, they only given up one goal. So uh, I, I didn't understand what, what happened in this night, but it is unfortunate. But uh, any good news or bad news from the special teams area and anything else you noticed in this game, Tim? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Bruins, again, took a lot of penalties. Um, they took five more again, uh, which is kind of a running theme and it has been all year. Uh, they were able to hold Charlotte scoreless on the power play, so that's positive. And they didn't give up any shorthanded goals, so I guess that's also positive. Uh, they were 0 for 4 on the power play themselves, though, which was kind of unfortunate. And uh, as you said, uh, Charlotte was just faster. It seemed like Providence was skating in cement at times, and, I mean, they they're all, all, they were just absolutely peppering Legacy if – I mean, this is a game that could have easily been 8-9, 10-0 uh, if Legacy wasn't as good as he was in net. Um, I mean, he, having, you know, 42 shots thrown at you, obviously the ice was tilted one way. And uh, Providence even only had four shots in the third period, which is absolutely awful. It's kind of like throwing the white flag there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... I mean, hopefully they can put this game and the weekend behind them and going forward they can hopefully just build upon it and see what they did wrong and kind of just get better. That's kind of what's the most important thing. And they ran into another, just another game. I mean, everything came at them like a brick wall this weekend and and particularly goaltending. And Alex Nedeljkovic on this night, on Saturday night, was – he was tremendous. I mean, he stopped 25 of 25 
And it doesn't seem like he, he saw a ton of shots, not as much as, you know, as uh, Charlotte gave to Legacy, but each one of these saves was well worth it. And, and, he was beatable in my opinion, but he, they didn't get him moving side to side enough. Um, and I think that they've just, I mean, the idea is to put pucks on net and see what happens. They were doing that with 25 shots. I get it, but it was just, it wasn't enough for, for him to let up on his vision and how square he was to the puck that night. And he deserved the shutout. Uh, and there's no if ands or buts about it. Uh, this team was faster and, and they defended better than the, uh, the Providence Bruins did on this night. Yeah, they did absolutely, and um, it's it's too bad that the game went so poorly. But it it was not, it wasn't pretty. We'll say that it just it just wasn't a pretty game. And I mean, it's kind of just sums up the weekend and how it went. Kind of, Providence is a, was a step behind all weekend. Absolutely. And jumping to the Saturday afternoon, I'm sorry, the Sunday afternoon game, the final game of the three and three at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, January 5th, 2020. The uh, Providence Bruins uh, get completely outplayed again by Charlotte. Um, And I mean, Charlotte just trucked them all the way through pretty much 60 minutes. Uh, Charlotte got on the board at the 9.54 mark of the first, the 8.21 mark of the second, the 947 mark of the second, the 1726 mark of the third, and then um, Robert Lantoshi scores his 10th at the 1904 mark, which just was not enough to even get a spark or anything back in this game, uh, but breaks the shutout uh, that was uh, that Anton Forsberg had. And a goaltending again, this is the third straight night that they come into uh, – into the game, making this uh, a goaltender look uh, absolutely stunning. Um, he uh, just, uh, I'm sorry, Forsberg, he stopped 26 to 27, and he played very, very well. And the same story. It was just uh, the, the Checkers team was way too much uh, offensively and defensively on this day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Checkers were just too, too strong. They, again, had constant, uh, constant pressure in Providence's zone. Um, and when you look at it, uh, Lantosi didn't score, like you said, until the 1904 mark. So if you go back to the first goal they scored during the weekend, it was at the 651 mark of the first period uh, against Hartford. So Providence went like over almost 200 minutes without scoring a goal. That's over- crazy which is awful. I mean, that's just terrible to see. Um, they Especially with that lineup, especially when you look at them paper, Stednika, Frederick, Steen, um, Lantoji, who's been playing very well. All these guys can put the puck on the net. It was just this weekend was just shut down city. Take me down to shut down city where the, the goals aren't plentiful or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. And like, the, and it's too bad too because uh, Vladar again didn't play bad. He had he stopped twenty nine of thirty two. Uh, the goaltending for Providence, when you look at a lopsided game like these these three games, you, you think the goaltending was poor, but it wasn't. They were just seeing so many shots that yeah. they couldn't stop everything. Yeah, they you don't blame the netminders in this game. You have to look at the the five guys in front of the netminder and and all along that bench 
It was just a weekend that was very disappointing. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to like go crazy, like, you know, crazy fan and, and disrespect this franchise or any of the players that on, on the committee, but they've got to do a little bit better. And I, I do understand that some folks are out there. It's like the, it's the AHL. It's all about development. Now, listen, if you take the aspect of team out of everything and you look at individual evaluations, yes, then they are developing pretty good as individuals. But when you put them together as a team, it's just something that is, it's, it's not, it's not a good product and it's not indicative on the, on what happens with uh, what Jay Leach does. Jay Leach and Trent Whitfield and Ryan Mulgren, I think that's his name. Um, they all do a fantastic job, but it's just the players that aren't producing. So it's, it's, it's definitely on them and they have to be accountable of it. But, you know, I do get the whole uh, semi-pro thing and so on, but uh, you still, I mean, there's a lot of people that paid decent money to go see these three games and uh, their home fans left uh, pretty disappointed, in my opinion. Yeah, they left pretty disappointed. And, and all of a sudden, they're kind of like, this weekend all of a sudden becomes pretty um, important because they have a home-and-home home series uh, against Springfield this weekend. And they're in third place in the Atlantic. Springfield is in fourth place in the Atlantic only by a point. And then Charlotte is only four points behind Providence with four games in hand. So, I mean, all of a sudden, this weekend pretty becomes pretty important. Absolutely. And when you're talking about this weekend's action, you, I mean, you could always just go to betonline.ag and, and set up a free account when you use CLNS50 as a promo code. Uh, the football season is uh, is – it's practically over. It's in the playoffs. Basketball season are in full swing. Hockey season's in the middle of the of their season. Get into the game with our exclusive betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball or hockey or any sport around the world. Betonline.ag has all kinds of action that you can get involved in. Every spread, every total. Every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as will Coach Cassidy be fired? Um, uh, who will be the, uh, the college football playoff MVP? Who will be the NFL MVP and stuff like that? Get the fastest to market odd updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to Bet Online today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. So, uh, when talking about the the disappointing season and um, you know what happened, sorry, not the disappointing season. The season's been actually pretty good. They're just going through uh, a bit of a some road, you know, some bumps in the road right now. And, uh, and, it, and it is unfortunate, but um, on Friday, I had the opportunity to interview uh, head coach Jay Leach on the post-game presser. Um, and he had this stuff to say about uh, that, that particular game, but it pretty much can go for the whole weekend and the effort that was brought forth in front of the home faithful. So uh, let's hear from Jay 
Jay Leach right now. Regardless of the loss tonight, uh, your start this season has been so much better than uh, in previous seasons. Uh, have you, uh, Trent and Ryan, done anything different to uh, get these guys from starting off in the bottom of the Atlantic and getting hot right around this time? Uh, uh, let's see. I mean, we had kind of a crazy schedule. We were on the road a lot, you know, and so... Um, I mean, the number one thing is, is uh, you know, up to this point, uh, up to this point, we've had you know solid goaltending, um, and that's a huge factor. As you saw tonight, uh, yeah. another, and not to say Dan was bored, but he was in, he was in there too. I mean, I think that last one goes off of someone else, and it's, it is what it is. So, um, you know, but we've had consistent goaltending really throughout the, the first half of the season, and that really helps us out. And uh, we've been able to score some goals, you know. So, whether we're doing anything different, I'm not sure. You know, it's it's. It's one of those things. I think we've maybe focused a little bit more on offense this year than in years in years past. Uh, but for the most part, it's really just guys to take it upon themselves to get a good start. Thoughts on Sadika being an all-star this year? The, we're obviously very excited for Jack. He's he's done a terrific job for us as far and for a 20-year-old kid to, to play the minutes he does and and be as effective as he is is really impressive. So um, we're certainly excited for him. And, well deserved. Good recognition for Paul too. Yeah, well, Paul's been—he's uh, been really the guy that kind of gets uh, everything going. You know, he's been—he's been a great captain for us. He's—he's—he's he's, uh, you know, he's he's an older guy, but he relates well to the younger players. And then obviously on the ice, he's able to make plays and and provide uh, some offenses, and, and also uh, you know he chips in uh, defensively as well. So uh, both guys uh, you know, well deserved the recognition. All right, so that was Jay Leach, the head coach of the Providence Bruins. And w one thing that uh, he exemplified a lot was the special teams and how they played um, and how goaltending is not to be blamed. But the power play, that's one thing that's got to get back on board when you look at the, the, uh, the list of players on this, on this team that are on the power play one and on the power play two that can be lethal, but they just weren't and uh, the opportunities weren't there. So uh, that's got to get better moving forward, especially now that we're in 2020 and uh, looking at a playoff picture because w we both know, because we've covered the team for a couple of years now, Tim, you know that this, this is right around the time when the, uh, the Providence Bruins are getting hot because at the higher level in the NHL, uh, players are just coming back now, you know, just in, in previous seasons. So... Um, he's got a full roster right now, and this is the time for this team to pick it up, especially with a whole week of rest before they get back on board on Friday night, as you mentioned. Yeah, they, they definitely do, and it's unfortunate because uh, right now they're on a four-game losing streak, and they're four and six in their last ten, and this losing streak kind of came at the worst possible time because if you look at the first place Hartford Wolfpack they're on a four game winning streak and they're 6 and 4 in their last 10 the team directly ahead of them the second place Hershey Bears four game winning streak 9 and 1 in their last 10 oh they are playing hot too yeah they're very hot the team below them Springfield is four has a four game winning streak and is five three and two in their last ten and then the fifth place Charlotte Checkers are on a five game winning streak and eight and two in their last ten. So as soon as Providence kind of hits this bump in the road, the the four teams around them have gotten red hot and it's just kind of come at the worst possible time. Absolutely. And uh, to finish up, I'm not. Did you did you mention the uh, the standings at all? Um, 
Cause I, I got it. I got it up right now. I can say it. Yeah, I didn't really mention it, but I, I have them up as well. Uh, the Hartford Wolfpack are in first place in the Atlantic. Uh, they have 49 points. Uh, they also have two games in hand on Providence. Uh, Hershey is in second with uh, 47 points. Uh, they also have two games in hand with Providence. Then you have the third place, uh, Providence Bruins with uh, 43 points. Fourth place is Springfield with 42 points and then Charlotte's bringing up fifth place with 39 points but again they have four games in hand on both Springfield and Providence yeah so it's gonna it's gonna be a tight four it really is these guys are gonna jockey back and forth and uh it would be in the best interest for the Providence Bruins to get back on track with their winning ways before uh teams like um the Charlotte Checkers as you mentioned the Wilkes-Barre uh Scranton Penguins, uh, who haven't been doing too well, but they're only they're at 39 points and can still get into this. Even the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, which seem like they're out 31 points, and Bridgeport. I mean, anything could happen. Bridgeport's kind of rough this year. They they didn't start off very good, but like Lehigh's still a good team. Uh, that's the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, minor pro affiliate. So and they got a great system down there. So anything could really happen in this Atlantic Division. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty open. And like you said, with Scranton, Scranton also has two games in hand on Providence. It, it, it doesn't it's, – it's something that's going to work against Providence going forward is most of the teams that they're fighting against for position have played less games than Providence has. So that's something that they're going to have to start looking at. You're going to have to start beating teams that you should be beating, and you're going to have to – uh, really rack up some points quickly here. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's a fitting time before we move on to some other prospects that are uh, in North America and worldwide that uh, we get to my interview with the the hosts of the Something Brewing and PVD podcast. That is Gary Azera and Steve DeSilva. So we'll go right there and listen and listen to that. Okay, it is my honor and pleasure to uh, be here with the hosts of the Something Brewing in Providence uh, hosts, uh, Gary Azera and Steve DeSilva. Guys, how's it going? Good, how are you, Mark? Yeah, very good, Mark, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, like I said, honor and pleasure to have you guys here, to have a moment to talk about it. Um, first of all, uh, real quick, uh, how did you guys start the podcast and you know, how did it all come about? Yeah, we were just hanging out one day. Um, Gary's actually my cousin. So uh, we were just hanging out one day, and he was talking about doing a podcast. Um, and then we had P. Bruins tickets, and then we just decided to roll with it. Uh, I think I'm P. Bruins fan since 1993. Nice. And I used to take Gary when he was like six. So uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty easy and simple. And Gary uh, actually went to school for this stuff. So he's like the tech guy. Yeah. And then uh, I'm just the uh, I'm the color guy. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we like, like Steve said, we had... I had a buddy who was chatting with me about, oh, you should do a podcast. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do a podcast about? There's podcasts about everything. He's like, why don't you do one on Providence Bruins hockey? There isn't one out there. Like, there's plenty of Boston Bruins podcasts out there, but nobody talks focused on Providence. So I brought up the idea. Steve was like, oh, that's crazy. Are you serious? Like, I was like, let's roll with it. Let's see where it goes. And three years later, with, with this now, we've kind of blown up a little bit in a good way. And, you know, I've improved more and more. If you listen to one of our first episodes, it's a little rough. Um, but we've come back and changed it, and it's been 
ever since then we've just done it every week kind of kept up with the playoffs you know a lot of feedback back on the page kind of saying oh great and you know keeping everybody informed as much as we can that's awesome yeah like i said it's a, it's a fantastic podcast centric on the providence bruins which there's not a lot of uh, uh podcasts out there that do what you guys do our part our pro, uh, black and gold prospect podcast covers the providence bruins but only a short segment we cover a lot more of the uh, worldwide uh, view of the boston bruins podcast so gotta give you guys kudos um, talking about this season, uh, what do you guys think about how the Bru- Providence Bruins have started opposed to the past couple of years when they've been fighting their way out of the Atlantic Division basement to where they are sitting right now, in, basically in the top three? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the Bruins are more healthy than usual. Uh, the last few years, the Bruins have been kind of injury-plagued early on, so it kind of takes away from our team. Uh, but I think this year, you know, we've had such a good mix of young talent and vets that we have so much talent that you know we have healthy scratches that are like that could start an AHL team. Um, but you know it's good for us to have that product out there. And uh, you know in the past few years, especially last year, we were beat up big time. I know Atlanta had a lot of guys come up here, but uh, it's good to see that we have a good gel of our guys now and the Atlanta guys, and they're mixing well and uh, we're playing well. I think that you know continuing on that the the biggest challenge that. Uh, it's going to be is we're up at the top, but there's these teams like Charlotte and, and Hartford and, you know, Bridgeport and all those teams that can just jump out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, Hartford's been killing it all year so far. You know, good team. Uh, something that Mark Diver said yesterday about uh, talking about how their goaltender should be in the, the NHL. I agree completely. Absolutely. Um, so it's a, it's a, that's going to be the big challenge. And, and obviously everybody's staying healthy. But I think that, you know, this is the rough patch you know you get those january february games uh, where things could drop down a little bit but it's just not losing the faith i mean i, I think that when it comes time to to march and april it's a pretty good team that can make a, a pretty decent run um and i think that those teams that are usually around in the other divisions aren't actually playing as well as they usually do so it, it's a different year for the for the atlantic division but i think that it's gonna it's gonna all come full circle very soon uh we're gonna see the true test who comes up awesome and and we're in January right now, January 4th. We're at the Providence Bruins game, about to drop the puck about an hour away uh, against the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, I want to know before we end this, uh, who has been your standout player so far? Let's start with you. For the pre-Bruins? Yeah. Uh, it has to be Stunika. Um, he's come a long way uh, this year. I think he needs the full year down here before he does go up to Boston. Um, but you can tell he's a big standout. Uh, Paul Carey as well. Uh, he's a good veteran. I mean, he played in a Winter Classic. HL a few All-Stars. years ago, AHL All-Stars, they're both, you know, Young stuff. Well, Carrie's out of young stuff, but Sunik is going to be a star in the league eventually. Diamond stuff. Diamond stuff. <laughs> see, it's for me, you know, because I just want to change it up a little bit. I think, I think this year I'm going to say goaltending. So I would say Max Legacy has been, you know, a rock, a little bit snubbed away from the AHL All Star. We're not going to jump into that, um, but I do think that he's come into his own. You know, he is a, a good goaltender, and even Dan Vladar has been playing very well and just getting back from injury and just going more and more and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring him up anyway kyle kaiser too unfortunately he was injured right now but i think that the goaltending is going to be the what you know keeps us in this fight for a little bit um but i do think sudnika has been uh, a rock star out here and he's not going to be here for too long he'll be he'll be up in boston soon um and you know rocking it out the same way that he has all year here in providence absolutely uh, for, for me i'll just jump in here because i like getting involved 
Uh, Robert Lantosi has been uh, one of the guys that's been sneaky good signing. Not an, uh, an NHL Bruins prospect, but somebody that is one of those deals that he's going to show me deals, show me what you can do. Kind of like what Connor Clifton did, kind of like what uh, Carson Coleman did. And uh, so he's been, he's been my kind of like dark horse right now. Uh, when, when you're not thinking about the, the direct uh, Bruins prospect. So um, let's just end this right now. I want to say thank you so much to the guys from the uh, Something Bruin and PVD podcast. Uh, can you please just let, let us know where we can find you? Uh, so facebook.com slash something Bruin and PVD. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Bruin and PVD pod. Uh, you can subscribe to us, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc. Wherever you guys get your podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, and obviously, don't forget to, to listen to Black and Gold podcast on uh, iTunes, Podbean, all those other ones as well. Uh, make sure to give Mark a like as well, uh, just because Mark's been a huge supporter of our podcast uh, since we started, and we kind of want to bring that over as well. I'm, I'm freaking blushing right now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. And those were the hosts, Gary Azera and Steve DeSilva of the Something for One in PVD pro- podcast. They do a fantastic job. Please follow them on Twitter, Facebook. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast platforms, those guys are very good. They talk all Providence Bruins all the time. So if you need news and updates, that is your source to go. I use uh, them as my source, um, not only the internet when I'm in the office, but I like listening to them at work. It helps pass the time along with the other 140 epi- uh, episodes or, or uh, shows that I listen to on Apple Podcasts because I'm a podcast junkie. So um, go check them out. They do a great job and, and they're great people to interact with. If you happen to go down to a game, say hello to them. If you, if you bump into them, they're great people. Um, so the moving on the, uh, the, the world juniors were, uh, about two weeks ago, they started, um, they started on the 26th of December, 2019 and went all the way through till, uh, January 5th. Um, and they team USA played in five games. Uh, they played in two cities, uh, obviously coming down in a tournament. It came down to one, but it was um, in Trinex and Ostrava in the Czech Republic. Uh, USA went out in the quarterfinal round with a one and nothing shout out to the hands of Team Finland. That was an un- unbelievable game by that goaltender. Uh, man, we're talking about goaltenders a lot today, huh? Uh, I guess so. It, it <laughs> seems like. <laughs> It's like the goaltending has been great against the teams we're hoping win- actually win. I know it's like a curse, but uh, the medal rankings in the 2020 World Junior Championships, which was a fantastic tournament, I, I really enjoyed watching. Even though I didn't like the time because a lot of the games were on in the morning and at one in the afternoon while I'm working. But uh, congratulations to Canada! My, uh, we have a ton of uh, listeners up in Canada, so congratulations to that awesome country for winning gold. Congratulations to Russia for winning silver, and congratulations to Sweden for coming in third, winning bronze. Uh, Team USA finished a disappointing sixth. Um, they had two wins, two losses, and uh, which consisted of one of those wins was an overtime win. Bruins prospects in the tournament, 2019 first-round draft pick and University of Michigan forward John Beecher played in five games. Uh, he had two penalty minutes, and he was a minus three, no points. Uh, 2000, I'm sorry, 2018, and I wrote first-round draft pick, but I know he's not a first-rounder. I think he's a third-rounder. Um, Yale University forward Curtis Hall, he had five games played. He had one goal, two penalty minutes, and it was a plus one. 
the NCAA regular seasons for these guys so far. I'm going to update Hall. Beecher hasn't played yet. Uh, he hasn't played since leaving for the World Juniors, I think, in mid-December. But uh, in five, in 16 games played, the uh, the freshman uh, forward has five goals, four assists, nine points. And Hall, uh, the sophomore, uh, has in nine games played, he has six goals, one assist, seven points, and is plus plus five in his sophomore year. Uh, so that is that for the. Uh, World Juniors, that was a great tournament, um, and uh, definitely looking forward to next year. I think um, 2020's tournament is going to be held in the Edmonton area. I could okay. be wrong, but it'll be a little better time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You'll, the time zones can mess with you big time. No, especially if you're a hockey junkie. You don't want to, like – you know, if it's way, way over, you know, then it's it's really early in the morning when you're sleeping or it's during the day when you're working. But regardless, it's a pain in the ass. Um, moving to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, uh, particularly the Markton Wildcats. Um, Markton is 27-11-0 uh, with 54 points in 38 games played. Really good team this year. Uh, they're four points behind Eastern Conference leading Shakutami with 58 points. They're on a one-game losing streak, and they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. So that's kind of an update of what uh, Markton is up to. But more importantly, guess what? What? Axel Anderson got his first goal. Oh, man, finally. I'm so pumped for this kid. He is such a good kid. Good interview, although I didn't understand a damn word he said because he was – I mean, he's very Finnish. Oh, no, he's Swedish. I'm sorry. Um but uh, Axel Anderson and uh, the Bruins' second-round selection in 2018 scored his first goal in his rookie season in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. In 30 games, he has one goal, 15 assists, 16 numbers, 16 points, and is a plus 11 on the season. So he is playing very good defensively. His offensive skills are starting to get better known and better utilized, but Right now, I think that the Wildcats coach is basically using him as a shutdown guy, and uh, I'm sure that within another year or two, uh, another year maybe in the queue, he'll get more offensively because he did the same thing that Jakob Zaboral did. It's like everybody was complaining about his point totals, and then all of a sudden the next year he was getting them, and then everybody was excited. So this is just part of the development. You do different things each year to to uh, complete the whole uh, developmental process. So. Yeah, absolutely, and he's and he's scoring at a point five three points per game pace, which really, if you look at it over like an eighty two game NHL season, is almost forty four points in a year, which for a defenseman you'll take. Absolutely, absolutely, and his goal score was on Friday, January third, against the Halifax Mooseheads in a seven to three win. He also had an assist in that game, so ended the night with a two game, two points. And also, he's on currently. He was on a two-game point streak, but that was snapped the other day with a, with a, I believe, a loss, or he just he just didn't have any points. But um, uh, we do have some audio, courtesy of the Halifax Mooseheads Radio Network. So listen to his, uh, listen to Axel Anderson's first career Quebec Major Junior Hockey League goal. Out front for Fortier, trying to outweigh McLaren, and what a stop right there as McLaren makes the pad save. Anderson now, high slot, lets a shot go, he scores! 
Axel Anderson from the high slot. He'll beat Cole McLaren. And that goal, the first of Axel Anderson's Q League career. He's got his team up 2-0 here in the second. So that was Axel Anderson's first career Q goal. I think this kid's going to be something special in the next year or two in Providence. I'm looking forward to that addition as, as we – you and, Tim, you and I, Tim, we watch the Providence Bruins uh, very, very closely. So uh, he's, I think he's going to be a, a solid addition. Needs to bulk up a little bit more, but I think he's got some really good uh, upside, regardless of what uh, some other people say about him. I, I think that uh, he could be that sneaky Euro Vakaninen type of uh, player right now. Not saying any NHL projections yet, but if you're looking at a minor pro evaluation from me I, I could see a little bit of your hole in him yeah absolutely I think he's going to end up being pretty good uh he's six feet tall he's about 185 pounds so probably grow into that a little bit more um and he has oh I think he does have a decent amount of offensive upside uh he has very good passing skills as we know with the uh 15 assists on the year and uh I think one thing that he also does is he has the ability uh, to lead a rush out of the defensive zone, which is pretty important. Um, kind of have to have guys that are able to move the puck on the back end there, and he's able to. So I, I think he's going to end up being pretty good. I think so too. And, and I think the Bruins organization have high hopes for him too because as soon as he was drafted and as soon as development camp ended in 2018, they signed him to an entry-level deal. And they didn't do that with with – some other defensive prospects uh, that protect that particular year. So um, I'm not sure if that was to try to keep him over here and not go to Europe. Um, uh, maybe it was a little, you know, trying to uh, um, accelerate his development and keep, I don't know. There's so many avenues that I can't even think about why that happened, but obviously if they signed him, they believe in him. So, and, and, and we, we both know that that entry level deal, as long as he, doesn't play in the uh, semi-pro level American Hockey League that his contract slides. So um, right. his his he, he I mean when, once he goes to Providence uh, that ELC it, it kicks forward. So it's it's I think it's a sneaky good signing and and how they did it was kind of weird to me, but whatever. I mean it's just another key piece in this in the development core. Yeah, I agree, and I think um, I think they wanted to kind of get him over here because. Uh, if you look at it, he played in his last season in Sweden. He played on loan in the All Svenskan League, which is kind of that second highest uh, Swedish league. So it's it's just under the uh, the Swedish elite league there. Yeah, the adult uh, so, league. Yeah, so I mean, he's you. I feel like that they felt that he would. Um, progress better playing the queue and also it, it gets him off of the international ice gets him onto north american ice at a young age which i think is going to help a lot absolutely and uh shout out to craig eagles at eags uh 37 and at the mockton wildcast uh those guys do a great job on that podcast and i listen to those guys uh for um uh, wildcats updates on Anderson and the team. So uh, without those guys and following them, I wouldn't be uh, in tapped on, on bringing you the information that we do today. So <clears throat> many thanks to the outlets that we use 
of course. Uh, we, don't, we can't be everywhere at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on to the NCAA uh, Boston Bruins prospects, uh, Quinn Olson of the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, uh, the 2019 third-round selection of the Bruins played in his last two games on December 29th, 2019, and December 30th, 2019, close to, close to by me, uh, actually, because I live in Amesbury, but they were at, he was at Merrimack College. Uh, the Bulldogs went both contests at Lawyer, they lost, they won both, sorry. They won both contests at Lawyer Arena, uh, going, he was going, he went pointless in his first game in a four to one victory and then had two assists in the second game in a 5-1 to one win over the host Warriors. Uh, Bruins general manager John Sweeney was in the house at Merrimack College campus in North Andover, Mass., to scout the 5'11", 170-pounder, uh, who, who has uh, a goal, four assists, and five points um, in 15 games so far. But um, also uh, hearing from... Um, uh, Twitter follower and and uh, he's just a, a great hockey mind in my opinion, especially when it comes to Bruins uh, prospects and 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 draft eligible prospects. He's got a real good eye for talent. Is uh, is at Bruins Network on Twitter. Uh, Anthony does a fantastic job. He's also a credentialed media writer and media member along with me uh, for the Providence Bruins. So I bump into Anthony a lot. Missed him this weekend, but he did say we'll catch up sometime and have a beer. But um, he mentioned that Don Sweeney was not only down there to scout uh, Mr. Quinn Olson, that he was looking at a uh, big defenseman, Nick Wolf. And I happened to write uh, an article about um, Nick Wolf uh, on the blackandgoldhockey.com website uh, talking about this. Um, and and uh, in the research, and, and I already knew this, but uh, Nick Wolf has been involved in the Boston Bruins development camp for the past two seasons at Warrior Ice Arena. And, um, yeah, I mean, he checks all the boxes if you want size and, and, um, and strength. Uh, not very good offensively, although he, he does put the puck in the net for um, the uh, Minnesota Duluth team. But um, he's a big kid, and uh, – Believe that he could possibly be maybe offered an uh, an AHL contract uh, by season's end. Um, I know that the Bruins are scouting him pretty hard per Anthony at Bruins Network. So, uh, what your thoughts on that and adding another big big netminder that could uh, possibly be like uh, the next guy to look at and the next guy to show me contract to a player like uh, Wiley Sherman, who is currently on the Providence Bruins. Yeah, you know, I think I would actually like that quite a bit. Um, he's he's played really well overall for uh, Minnesota Duluth, and if you look at it too, um, he's. I think so. This is something that the Bruins have really kind of um, made a priority is to get guys with character, and he. Uh, He's he's the captain of the team this year. He was an assistant captain last year. Yep. So having that kind of pedigree uh, there is pretty important, I think, to the Bruins. And also, he's a winner. He's got uh, two back to back, back to back NCAA championships. And so, I mean, one of them he did with Carson Coleman, and Carson yeah. Coleman was the captain, and he was his assistant. So I mean, uh, yep, yep. 
so like that's that's really something that they look at. So I think that I think he would be great. I mean, like you said, he's a big body. He's six five, two twenty nine. Uh, he's more of a kind of a stay at home defenseman rather than an offensive guy. But I think he could be good in the system. Absolutely, good call on that one. And uh, good research. I thought I was going to throw you through a loop on the Nick Wolf one, but uh, you did a great job, bud. <laughs> Thank you. All right, sticking sticking in the NCAA, Curtis Hall. We, um, as we mentioned, um, playing earlier in the uh, in the World Junior Championships 2020, um, he had uh, t- two goals in his first game back in a three to two win over host Vermont. Hall was the hero in the final moments of the game, scoring the 2-2 tying goal to force overtime. And uh, overtime can be heard right here, courtesy of the Catamounts Radio Network. Off his stick, here comes Hall the other way for Yale. Hall on the right side of Harmon, fires top left corner, and he scores and ends the game. So after a, a, a good... I mean, not for Team USA. Let's not let's not say they had a good tournament. Uh, ending sixth is 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 disappointing. I get it, but they. I I just thought this team could have done better. But if you look at some individual efforts, of course, you got to look at uh, the, that Zgrass kid. He was unbelievable in this tournament uh, for Team USA. There was a couple other uh, names that popped out when you think of Team USA this season at the World Junior Twenty Twenty. But I thought Curtis Hall played a pretty damn good role as a as a bottom six forward. Um, you know, he he scored a goal over there in the Czech Republic, uh, played well. I think he gained a little bit of confidence, and then he comes back here to the Yale Bulldogs, heads up to Vermont, and just has a a really good uh, series up there with them, and especially scoring two um, in the. Uh, in his first game back, which uh, gives him, I believe, eight goals on the year. I could be wrong on that. I didn't update my stats on that one, but yeah, uh, he has eight goals, one assist for nine points in ten games. In ten games, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was about to say. It's, 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 he's just, it, I mean, he's so close to a point per game player. But my my whole thing on Curtis Hall is he has taken such a huge step from his freshman year, where I think that he was so like. Um, trying to absorb everything around him. I think this year he, he's a full sponge. He's full SpongeBob, and um, he's definitely taking advantage of the, uh, the opportunities that he has. And I think he's going to be a, a pretty solid center. Um, I'm going you know, if, if, to rank him in the lower levels of the Boston Bruins, like, like a Trent Frederick, but totally different. This kid's not going to be as physical as Trent, but I think he's going to have more – uh, offensive upsides than Trent will, um, but as a complete as a complete package, uh, Trent Frederick is going to have me sold each each time because he can play those NHL minutes right now. So um, I like Curtis Hall a lot. I like the way that the the Yale Bulldogs are using him. Um, you know, so it, it, it's good things. I he's a sophomore right now, so I'm not sure if he's going to sign uh, this year. I would like to see him play all four just because the way, if you look at capsfriendly.com, you can see the, the, uh, the landscape of, of this Boston Bruins organization and where you might be able to fit things in. And if, if he can continue to play for the Bulldogs down in Yale and in the ECAC and the Ivy league, I think he's just going to get better and better. And, um, and Please don't come at me on Twitter and just say he's going he's gonna to pull the Jimmy VC. Uh, don't, that's over with. I, I, I can't even 
talk about that anymore. But, you know, let, let the Bruins get to him and see if he wants to sign. They did it to Danton Heinen. They took him out of Denver after his sophomore year. I think it might have been a year early for him, but who knows. Yeah, I'd like to see him uh, play all four years. Um, he's already eclipsed his goal total from last year. Uh, he had five goals in 24 games last year. Uh, he had 11 points last year, and he's already got nine this year. So he's he's really close to that. I think playing in the World Juniors this year, that can, that's something that can give a player confidence to build on. Uh, he's a big body. He's 6'3", 196. So he's a big center. And the whole... I think he'll end up signing eventually uh, just because uh, his father, Mike Hall, oh, yeah. actually... He played for the uh, Providence Bruins, I think, played, three games. Uh, he actually played 18 games total. Oh, okay. Uh, for Providence. Uh, with having three goals... Five assists for eight points uh, with Providence. So uh, this the idea that he may not end up signing, I think having a father that kind of played for Providence. Knows the that, area. Yeah, I think that works in their favor. Yeah, I totally forgot about Mike. And it, he also follows me on Twitter, which is which is kind of cool that I know. I wonder if he'd be down to come on, come on this podcast. I'd have to ask him. Would you be interested in doing an interview? Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I'll 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 see if I can get it going and uh, see if we can connect. Okay. Um, before we move on to Tim's favorite subject and and part of the show, because I, I had to give it to him because he is my favorite maniac and loves the main black bears. Uh, we do. I forgot to mention about Jakob Lauko in the World Juniors. Oh, um, of course, the injury. Yeah, Jakob Lauko, who's a who's if nobody if you live under a rock lately, he is one of the top Bruins prospects. Uh, basically, I mean, he came out of nowhere um, so shortly after the Bruins drafted him. He was, uh, you know, a no-name, and then all of a sudden, I mean, he was known for his speed, if you look at the draft standings and so on and the rankings, um, but became very popular uh, in uh, some Bruins preseason bouts and, you know, World Junior stuff and his time in Providence and winning a Memorial Cup in, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with the Ruanda, Ruanda Huskies. I hack that one. I always do. But um, no, be- becoming a very popular prospect was injured. He um, tore an MCL, fifth, I think it was 56 minutes or 53 seconds minutes, 53 seconds into the first period of the first action of this tournament in his home country, the host oh. country where he came from and was out for the remainder of the tournament. And I felt so bad for him. It was terrible. I know we talked about this on the on the uh, Black and Gold Hockey podcast. I mean, he was so heartbroken about it, but he didn't want to leave. Uh, he it sounded like he demanded to go out and at least watch on the on the sidelines uh, near one of the doors where he can set up a, a folding chair and another folding chair and rest his leg on it with ice and and watch his comrades uh, continue the tournament. But uh, really sad for him, but happy that he he was released from the the Czech Republic team and uh, per AHL transactions uh, will be joining the Providence Bruins club or the Boston Bruins club because he's injured. So he might come back and uh, get some of that professional medical treatment to uh, kind of, you know, further his, uh, his progression. So I just, I totally forgot about him because that was such a a blow to him because I remember uh, seeing Mark Diver, 
uh, the reporter for rinksiderhodeisland.com mentioned that when he when he talked to um, Jakob about about the tournament and being over in his home country, I mean his face lit up, big smile and everything, and then to, then to have that happen, kind of kind of a bummer. Yeah, you feel for the kid. Um, he was able to come back after that kind of freak hit uh, in Providence and play. Yeah, and then, tough luck this year with injuries, man. Yeah, just you feel for the kid, and hopefully he kind of takes it in stride and uh, rehabs that knee and gets it gets it to where it needs to go. Uh, you feel bad for him, but uh, hopefully he doesn't let it weigh on him too badly. I don't think so. I think he's young enough, and I think he's got the the drive and the passion to to overcome and and, and be a solid pro in the near future. Uh, well, I mean, he's a pro now, but uh, NHL pro. I mean, yeah. All right, Mr. Tim, let's uh, let's take it to your home state and the uh, the Black Bear country. Yeah. So uh, Maine's had three games since we've last recorded. Uh, the first one they had was. Uh, Actually, up in uh, up at Maine, they played American International College. Uh, they ended up winning 5-1, which is definitely something you like to see. Uh, actually, a really good game by Maine overall. Uh, and Swayman was absolutely rock solid. Uh, stopped 41 of 42 uh, for Maine. Just an absolute great game. He was on top of it, and uh, it was good to see him get that W. And uh, it was a good win against. Uh, it was a good win against a team you would kind of expect them to beat, uh, especially after coming off a tough loss to Yale a couple weeks earlier. So it was nice to see that. Uh, their next game was uh, against the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Uh, that was that, that ended in a two-two tie uh, again. Um, Swayman saw a ton of shots, which is kind of a running theme for the UMaine season. He ended up stopping uh, 41 of 43 shots uh, in the 65 minutes of play, because uh, that includes the overtime. And uh, it was nice to get. It was nice that they got the tie out of that one. And it's again, he's he he looked great in that. And then if he followed that game up with a 3-2 victory over the same University of Omaha, University of Nebraska at Omaha. The game was actually at the Cross Insurance Arena in Portland. He stopped 32 of 34 say, uh, shots uh, to get the win and uh, ended up going 2-0-1 in his last three games. And overall in the year in 22 games, he has a 2.26 goals against and a 9.36 save percentage, which is just Unreal for his junior year. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, and 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 it, am I right or wrong that is Maine playing better now that the season's getting a little more towards like um, the tournament time and like playoffs? Uh, they've they've been playing pretty well recently. Um, they are, let's see, they are ten eight and four on the year. Um, so that's not too bad. Uh, the only thing that's kind of rough is they're having they had a rough start in the hockey east they're four six and two in conference so their out of conference schedule's been great in conference not as as good but i mean ten eight and four they're above five hundred that's probably more than they expected this year to be honest so 
Yeah, and and when you think about Jeremy Swayman, and, and he's a he's a solid kid. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him several times at development camps, and even on our Black and Gold Hockey podcast, I uh, did a Skype session with him in, um, in his um, uh, at college. So, um, but it's the shots. He's getting a ton of shots. And when you think, think about development and goaltenders at the NCA level, it's not about the wins and losses. It's not about the, the uh, frozen four success. It's about um, your development and, and how much shots you get in a college game. And he always seems to see a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he does definitely seem to see a lot all, at, at all times. I mean, I don't, I can't remember the last time he had a game where uh, they only had 20 something shots on net the other team uh the opposition it seems like he's constantly getting 30 40 shots a game and that's good that's what you want to see as you said uh it's important for the player to just see the rubber and get used to controlling rebounds and saving from different angles and things like that and honestly uh with how well this season has gone for him and with how well he is doing, I could see him signing his ELC after this year. Really? Not not going to his senior year, huh? Yeah, I mean, it just – he's playing so well this year that I could see the Bruins trying to push the issue a little bit. All right, all right. So let's, let's spend a minute on this conversation, okay? So – um, Max Legacy is the is the veteran goaltender in Providence right now, and and the one A one B is uh, Dan Vladar, which is a Bruins prospect currently on his last year, I believe, of his e- ELC. I sure. think that I think they're going to resign Vladar, uh, possibly to a, a two year two way, keep him in Providence, and and let that uh, let that Bruce do on his development, but. If they don't retain Legacy after his year this year, because he, he might even garner some interest in the NHL after his NHL AHL experience uh, in the Rhode, with the Rhode Island club, this might op, this might open up an opportunity like your like your suggestion, Tim, is if he signs an ELC, he can go right to Providence, and him and uh, uh, Swayman and Vladar can be that backup. But you also got to think about the third the three headed monster in the prospect pool. When you think about minor pro, not college and not, you know, East, but Kyle Kaiser too. So there's another thing, an element to the whole thing that you got to think about. Definitely something you have to think about. Um, I think out of the three right now, if you look at the three players right now, I think Swayman is probably, to me, uh, developed – Better than I think. I honestly would say he's probably developed more than both players, just because of the amount of shots he's seen in the NCAA. Um, I think that if I think if Legacy does move on after this year, I think you would see both Vladar and Swayman in Providence, just because injuries have kind of slowed Kaiser's season down a lot this year. And I could see them seeing it as kind of almost a throwaway year and have him start next season in Atlanta and see where it goes from there. Also, don't forget this, Tim, is is the trend lately about first-year goaltenders in, in minor pro hockey. Vladar spent the year in the uh, American uh, East Coast Hockey League with Atlanta. Kaiser is uh, is doing that this year. So Swayman might be the next one that go down to Atlanta 
to continually see those that rubber that he's been so successful with at the NCAA level. So that might be in the works. <clears throat> and that might, that might be a flow that the Boston Bruins organization are doing with the developing goaltenders is making them go down there and get the experience. It's hard minutes. It's crash the net type of hockey that, you know, it's the E, it's the E man. It's, it's some nasty stuff down there, but you need to learn that um, now into your development before you get to the, to the top of the world. You know what I'm saying? I definitely could see him being in Atlanta, but the only reason why I could see him jumping over Kaiser and heading to Providence next year is because of the amount of shots he's seen at Maine. He's seen so many shots, and he's playing behind kind of a bad team. I mean, he's really the reason why the team's 10, 8, and 4. Uh, let's be real. He's like the team goes as he goes. So because of that, I could see him in Providence because he is getting a ton of uh, shots right now. Whereas I don't think Kaiser or, uh, or Vladar really got the amount of shots that he's seen before they came to uh, the professional level. That's a good point. And speaking of Kyle Kaiser, he's been injured lately and not been participating in games with the Atlanta Gladiators. Um, uh, they, they listed him on the IR. I checked back in seven days. He still didn't play. Uh, I was talking to um, um, one of the guys up at the Oshawa Generals. Uh, there was rumors that he could uh, – that they would – it's just a rumor, and I think it's bull crap. But uh, there's talk that he could come back to uh, – um, Oshawa, I don't believe that's going to happen, but um, I think he's just injured and hopefully return soon. It's upper body. I think it's shoulder, and I think he did that um, while he was with the Providence Bruins because he was on the, uh, on the DL down there or IR in the American Hockey League, and then when he got a little better, went down there, and I think he just had a setback. So uh, don't know much about it, trying to look into it. Everything's tight-lipped. The Atlanta, Atlanta – uh, franchise is tighter lip than the Providence Bruins. So um, we'll see how that goes. But um, I want, I, I want to say this has probably been our, our best show in, in 10 episodes, Tim. I mean, I, 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 the flow was really good. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, we had some good flow going. I think we got a lot of information in for people. Uh, I mean, the stats, the random uh, the random flashbacks to Mike Hall and things like that. I think, I think we got a good one in today. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And um, I don't know. I, I hate suggesting this, but maybe you should do this every two weeks. <laughs> it's like a fine wine, you know, it gets better as it sits, but I uh, know we are going to be back next week. Hopefully we, we we're going to, we're going to try our best to keep these going weekly. The holidays are over. It's 2020. But first of all, Tim, thank you so much for the time today. And as always, I think that you've been a great asset to this, this project. And I, I really have a lot of fun talking Boston Bruins prospects with you because uh, you bring an element to the show uh, that I, I never expect when I bring somebody new on. And uh, you surprise me every time. So thank you so much. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Uh, that's great. I have a great time doing this. It's uh, nice to kind of get back to talking about uh, the young guys and see the future beyond just what's going on in Boston. Absolutely. And follow Tim at uh, uh, 
Tim, can you please tell your tell the listeners the uh, the Twitter address, please? Yeah, it's at Tim A. Richardson. That's what I meant. I always want to say AR, but anyway. Um, but you can follow his works and his Providence Bruins uh, previews, which are unbelievably awesome, um, at blackandgoldhockey.com. He puts those out every Thursday, right before the, Bru- the P Bruins start on Friday, and they do the, either two-game weekends or three-game weekends. He's got you updated with everything you need to know. Does a fantastic job. So um, also, I mean, we have a ton of people that, that do uh, American Hockey League stuff, but uh, Tim, you've been the, uh, the longest uh, tenure with us and, and do it on a regular basis. So much really appreciated. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I've, I've been with Black and Gold for a little over a year now and pretty much started doing Providence stuff right away. So it, it's been fun. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for the listeners. We really appreciate this. This has been a great episode. Uh, we got a new intro. Um, oh, you know what I didn't do is the, is the new outro, but we'll just leave that blank this week. Um, maybe we'll, we'll bring Heather in and have, have her talk about it. And then I'll, I'll do a new outro um, uh, soon. But thank you again to the listeners, the Patreon members. You guys have been fantastic. Um, the guys on Twitter and Facebook that have been sharing our, our work. Uh, Tim and I do a great deal of hard work to get prepared for this program, and we try to do the best that we can. But more or less, we just love talking about hockey and Boston Bruins prospects. So uh, thanks to everybody who's has been very supportive financially or just sharing uh, out of the greatness of your heart. So we really appreciate it. So um, Happy New Year to everybody. We're back, and uh, we look forward to being back to you next week. So everybody take care, and thanks again. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.